And it is Carcone Carne, the world's only food podcast recorded in a car. My car is parked in the Seafood City supermarket parking lot on Elston Avenue. Uh, Kevin Kellum, a colleague, is sitting shotgun. Mm-hmm. And as Kevin can attest, before we got our food, before we brought it in the car, we walked around and did a tour of Seafood City. We went aisle by aisle, and we did it all on my Samsung Galaxy S8 phone, which I use on the Boost Mobile network. I get unlimited text, unlimited data, unlimited phone. It is the best. And truly, I couldn't have done Facebook Live if not for Boost Mobile and my lovely Samsung Galaxy S8 phone. 50 bucks per month. I added my son to my plan, so I pay $75 a month for the both of us to have phones. It is the best deal going. BoostMobile.com. Kevin Kellum, are you ready to eat? I'm ready to figure out how I'm going to get... I'm not reaching out to the sponsor. You literally ran those numbers by me, and I think of what I'm paying... For my mobile provider, you know, they always do that. But then I'm also like, I think this is something I should get it's, into. It's a hell of a deal. Hell of a deal. It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And now here's the star of our show. James Van went into Seafood City. Yes. And explain, you've never been here before. Explain what you saw. It So Seafood City looks like a normal branded store in America in a big box place. It's like the size a big, of- A big, big box place. A big box place. It looks like the size of a Kmart or a, or a Jewel sure. Osco or a grocery store or even just like a big box store you're used to seeing. And as we're walking through it, it's just like, oh, there'll be Oreos, or there'll be Kraft, there'll be these brands and colors and labels. Some familiar touchstones as you're walking that through. You're, that you've been programmed to with the flow of information of life. And then there's brown candy with, like, Chinese writing on it. It's just like a brick. <laughs> just, they it, literally just say brown candy. It just it looks like a brick of something. It's like a brick all, of hashish that has been brought in from Istanbul. It looks like it could also be plastic explosives. Yes. And then next to that is, like, we go into a meat section. It's like, we have hooves. We have snouts. Like, things I've only seen pictures Stomachs of. Stomachs and f- just fat. There was a, a package of just fat. There was pa- there was a package. This is the one that I think maybe you shushed me on when I yelled, <laughs> there's pork blood. They're just selling blood here. Like <laughs> by, by the container in the refrigerated <laughs> section. just And you literally said, shh, Kevin. Well, your is... voice became elevated. Yes, I do. I do tend to do that quite a bit, and uh, it does. I've, uh, as an adult, I've heard the phrase, "Do you have an inside voice?" Many, no, you do times. not have an inside voice. I'm clear on no, that. No, I don't. No. I don't. So yeah, we were walking around all kinds of exotic vegetables and fruits that I've never seen. There was something called a jackfruit. Now I've seen jackfruit before, but it's huge. I've never seen a jackfruit before. It yeah. looked, you mentioned that some of the fruits look like pods from the movie... Uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, and it looked like something could crack out of it. It looks like the thing that, like, the less slimy thing that the the mogwais, like, become and cocoon out of when they're, as they become gremlins. See, I cook a lot. So I come to a place like this, and I look at the things in the aisles and think, well, maybe I could try some of those things in recipes. Maybe these are interesting. Maybe... Maybe there's something there. You walk through a place like this. You do not. And I'm freaked out because I'm a layman. I'm such a layman with food. 
someone was joking with me. If Kevin does, if it doesn't have a GMO, Kevin says no. Like, like, <laughs> and, and it's not like that. I like that stuff. It's just I've been in <laughs> since college. I've just I I, I stayed at home at college. I didn't have the, those first experiences where you're in college and you're out getting food on your own. Then I moved out. And then I was commuting so much that it just became like I would buy a sandwich or I would make a sandwich at home. Fairly basic things. And then I started to realize that I can't handle mayonnaise or white sauce. And then that scared me from most sauces besides barbecue or ketchup. I eat the same way a 12-year-old boy eats that first weekend his parents say he doesn't need a babysitter. Like, that's the same way. I'm... In my 30s, and that's the same That's way amazing. I and I should mention, I, we're, we're going full speed ahead here. You are Kevin Kellum? Yes. We can hear you on 101 WKQX? Yes, at varying times. There's never a set time. It, it seems like you're always on and always yeah. there. Uh, and you're also a stand-up comedian. Yeah, in Chicago, and in, in and around the greater Chicago one area. So uh, before we get too far, I should actually say who is sitting here yeah. talking about his stunted growth. <laughs> his you're not un- the only one talking about yeah. the family, the girlfriend. <laughs> his the unrefined palate. Yeah. So we walked around, and they have these different restaurant areas. There's Crispy Town. Crispy Town. And the thing is, it's like this... It, it was just off enough where it sounds like there was definitely... You know, like when you read something, like, uh, I, I, uh, I'm a big Japanese wrestling fan, and they'll name, like, a wrestling move just off enough where you know it clearly, like, someone speaks English who names it, but English was not their first language. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like I'm talking down to it. It's just off enough where it's still American, but it has just enough sauce to it. You so, crispy, tra- crispy Town, you were... Uh, Surprised that they sell deep fried chicken skin. Yeah, I which was just, I bet is delicious. Yeah, it was just the skin. Yeah, I bet it's delicious. It, but it tastes like a chip. Uh, exactly, Grill City, mm-hmm. uh, more of like a like a kebab type place. Lots of meats on spits. That was the just, one that seemed the most like straightforward. Like the, you could just we have grilled meats, and maybe just because I grew up in Chicago and I've been through like a kielbasa, like deli place, and all different variants of Eastern European preparations of sausages. That said, you took a hard no on Crispy Town and Grill City. We instead went to the Jollibee, which is inside. It's I smelled the genetically modified things, and I wanted That's exactly to get my, it. I wanted my belly to be modified. So Jollibee is something of a phenomenon. It is a Filipino fast food chain, and kind of similar to what you were saying about how something is just just a little bit off. It's not quite there. They call their chicken Chicken Joy, and I'm not sure if that's. It doesn't sound right to my ears. They have chicken chi- joys. It's like something that was come up like in a meeting between scientists and long white coats yes. and marketing executives. They're like, listen, we legally can't call it chicken, but what if we named this breed of mutant <laughs> right. chicken joy? It's still food, right? Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, I've heard of Jollibee before, but it's like it's – I'm because I'm a layman. Like I'm, I'm, I know I'm not the. I know my limits, right? Of the things I can try and dip my feet into. And maybe the next time I come to seafood, seafood town, I'll go crazy and be like snouts, right? <laughs> but I saw Jollibee, and I've seen and heard of my friends who've been to uh, parts of the, the the Pacific Rim and just different areas, mm-hmm. and they talk about Jollibee, and Jollibee is like their KFC. Well, and that, that's exactly right. They sell spaghetti there too, which is kind which of bon- is the weirdest. Thing. It's bonkers. They opened up. A location in Skokie earlier this year, not far from where I am, and for the first three months, couldn't get near the place. From open to close, there was a line around the place outside. People were waiting. I, I think an hour is really conservative. I think 
people were waiting close to two hours to get fried chicken. Now you're just making me excited to eat this food. Well, and I finally, I convinced my then 10-year-old daughter to wait in line with me. Okay. She was, I, I'm like, this won't be so long. We waited about 75 minutes oh, for boy. our food. And that for a ten year old kid, it's a long time. Oh, God. it was it was rough on on me. Yeah. Um. The food was, the food was fast food. Okay. Like I I couldn't imagine waiting two hours for it ever again. Okay. But, it, it's perfectly good. It's perfectly serviceable. We can bust it out now. Low, um, lower your standards with me, James. All right. Here we so go. There's there's. I got uh, we got the three piece. Three-piece. Chicken joy. Right. Oh, it looks like we got the same damn thing. I think they gave us two of the same thing. Okay, I'm going to put, uh, gonna put yours over there. here. And then there's crispy. The box says crispy-licious, chicken joy, juicy-licious. They like the ischises. Oh, yeah. So they've got, got, the got the same thing. So, Oh, there's just like straight white rice in here with this like the chicken is like bright orange. It, has it is like bright a, orange. Do they it, give us napkins? Uh, they do have napkins. Thank yes. God. I, I've heard the podcast before. <laughs> I was prepared before I got here. I almost thought maybe I should bring you napkins. I always have some spares. I always, uh, whenever I go to Starbucks, I always grab an extra <laughs> handful. Thank you. I uh, thought like that would be like, you know, like when, uh, when, a t- when there's a guest on like, like a, a housewarming like, gift, like, like, like when there's a guest on like Conan or something, he's like, Hey Conan, I was on this. I heard you like this. So I brought you this mug or something like that. Oh, you know, do you have a, a spork or a, a fork? Spork? Do I have a spork or a fork in here? Um, there should be some sporking and forking. Yes. Uh, otherwise, these mashed potatoes are not going to work. Did you, you got the mashed potatoes, didn't yes. you? Yes. All right, so you and I have to switch them because I got rice. Did you get rice? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all right. No, it's fine. Look right, at the, this. What is that? Is that just gravy? I think those are just. Holy that, shit! That's just that's two tubs of, of gravy. That's like that's like twelve. That's literally per person. They gave us like what looks like sixteen ounces of gravy. I wonder if that's for dipping the chicken. I wonder if there's if it serves another purpose. All right, here you're getting. Here's the spork action. Okay, there's just a spoon and a fork. Wait, did you get a spoon? I see. I see. You played knifey spoony before. Wait, no. Did, uh, did you get I, a spoon too? I did not get a spoon. I just got. Do a you need fork. a spoon? I no. No, there's a spoon in here. I see it. I see it. There's a spoon. Okay. Right. So we both got the spicy. And what's an episode of Carker and Carney without? <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for really. No, let's. We just need. We just need some white noise. We just need negative noise just to record this, just to capture this. Uh huh. So that if you're ever on the episode, you before, are literally holding that next to the microphone. <laughs> you're so infuriating. You're incorrigible. <laughs> I'm incorrigible. Oh, let's see this. Let's see. And then I like love. White rice with it. I love fast food, mashed yeah. potatoes and gravy. It's just, it's just plain white rice. I'm boring, dude. There, there's nothing sexy. Pour some gravy on it or something. You want something? I'm gonna eat this whole thing with no sauce on it, just to drive you. That looks so dull. But you know what I'll do? I'll do, I'll do this. I'll put it like on top of. The Why chicken. are you doing that? Because I'm so awkward. As a kid, I drive my mother crazy. Right? She had five, five children. So of course, she cooks up the spaghetti for the kids, right? And I'd be the one kid who would. Was it spaghetti joy? It was not spaghetti joy. It was spaghetti. <laughs> But she would cook it up, and I would not want it with sauce on it. As a little kid, now mind spaghetti, you, spaghetti with no sauce, just mm. a little bit of butter and some melted cheese. Which then that doesn't sound too crazy. Mm. But the, the fact the fact that you had spaghetti without red sauce, and some people was like, whoa, you know. The same way, you know, some of those Chicagoans will forget, like when you have ketchup on a hot dog, which I don't believe you should have. I think if you're having a Chicago dog, just go with the style that it's presented in. Sure. Like, if I got something here, I would eat it as is, as, as it's meant to be prepared. Whenever I order a hot dog for my daughter, mm-hmm. all she wants on it is ketchup. It's because it's like nummy sauce, you know? But I always feel like I have to explain it when I'm ordering it. Like, can I have a hot dog with ketchup? It's for my daughter. Oh, 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 oh like, all, right, all right, all right, yeah. Like, before you before you pull that dick attitude on me, <laughs> ketchup on a hot dog. Come on, what are you doing? Here? Um, Come on. 
Come on, JV. Oh, I thought he, James Van Allen. He's Chicago guy. He's supposed to know better. I don't know why we just made all these guys sound like longshoremen, but what are we going to do? Our character. Uh, uh, the tide was an angry mistress. <laughs> yes. She broke me a long time ago. <laughs> All right, the mashed potatoes and gravy. Yeah. I could eat a bucket of this. I, I'm totally yeah. cool with this. You already put it away. It's gone. It's already gone. It's gone. I've, I've, I mean, if you touched a piece of chicken, and you already went through it. I've been eating at weird times today. I, yeah. I had a bagel at like 6 a.m. I had two like ribs, two pieces of rib uh, at like oh my God. 4 p.m. Mm. Is that good? We got spicy, right? It's yeah. not too spicy. Is it more but flavorful? It, it tastes... Almost like, and it has the orange hue oh, yeah. of the Taco Bell uh, Dorito Loco. Shell. It looks like the Dorito <laughs> Loco shell on chicken. It looks like that. Does mm-hmm. it look like that? Mm-hmm. And I definitely have to have a little bit of the mm-hmm. just spicy enough where I have to take a sip of something. Oh, it's spicy, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet Christmas! Is that too much for you? I like I like hot. <laughs> Are you emotional? <laughs> huh? You got emotional there. <laughs> It's not emotions. It's me trying to talk. Okay. I'm going to start hiccuping on the podcast. That's going to be the worst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The spicy is spicy. Okay. The uh-huh. spicy is spicy. I can taste it in my, in the tip of my tongue. Yeah, that is. See, this is the challenge. I thought, like, all right, if I'm not going to have the uh, out there out there to me <laughs> Filipino version of, like, a pig uh, preparated piece or something like uh-huh. that. Or some, you know, or some squid brain or something that they had here that to me was foreign to other people around the world is fine. I thought, oh, well, I'll get the the more challenging version of Jolly Bee. And now we're feeling it. Now we're feeling it. One like two three bites in. This is regrettable. Yeah, <laughs> this is. <laughs> but the chicken itself is not bad. It's the it's the sauce on the outside. You no, know, the, the chicken is really tender. Yeah, it's juicy. Mm-hmm. You're right there. Oh my God, Kevin. I'm sorry. <sighs> I didn't know this was that bad for you. I like heat. <laughs> I'm not a hot sauce guy at all either, too. I'm tearing up. I'm tearing. I'm moved by the chicken. <laughs> wow. Ooh. Well, you've ever, what's the craziest like um like thing you think you ever had to eat? Like in terms of just like it's made to be outlandish in terms of flavor or challenge. I can't think about answering questions right now. I, I'm really. <laughs> my tongue is numb. This is, you're like overclamped, like that one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna set this down. Set it down. Okay. All right. Let's keep talking. Let's keep going. I will say this is super affordable. Yeah. Wasn't uh, that bad? Right? Like seven bucks a piece. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. And the the portions are pretty. You know. The portions are great. I'm just gonna eat gravy to kind of like to, to numb your mouth. Jesus. All right. So let's talk about comedy. Okay. When did you decide you wanted to do stand up? Around. Um, the same time I wanted to do radio because to me it all kind of like came from the same place so I grew up like with Chicago radio with some people in the car and like and and some some guys slightly generation before uh, the the uh, that I could recall um, my, my brothers and my sisters had Steve Dahl and and, and Gary Meyer and sure. Kevin Matthews and that loop 80s 90s yeah, yeah. Lineup. and that to me was comedy so radio felt like it was just another version of the comedy coming down the pike. And then that. it was, the one show I could stay up late to watch as a kid was SNL. Right. And I just devoured doing any type of impression because I, I thought if I could do an impression of Phil Hartman's um, Frank Sinatra and I would do it in a handful <laughs> of like, I can't do it now. But as a little kid I did it 
And then it became, oh, Richard Roper has a radio show on the weekends for The Loop or something like that. And I called into it. I was like 12. Get out. And he thought it was funny. And then they and they had me come on like maybe two more times. And one time I almost swore as a 12-year-old boy. So that was Perfect. Good. Yeah. That was, you know, bad. Um, I remember I went out on my birthday. Maybe like my 12th or 13th birthday. That's and, really cool. And it was just really, really neat. And then the bug was made. It was either I was going to make people laugh or I was going to be on the radio or something like that. And then later at the end of high school, I was starting to do improv at Second City. At the end of high school, you started that. Uh, yeah, I didn't do stand-up then. Uh, and then I was doing But you knew back radio. then you wanted to do improv. I wanted to do a form of comedy on a broadcast medium. That's what I was looking for. Okay. And then it all it all felt like it was just playing music. Like I was just playing a bunch of different instruments, so... Now I get to do stand-up like a couple nights a week, and then I'm doing radio on the weekends. And what was your first gig like? First stand-up gig? Uh-huh. Well, I did Riddles, which is a club on the south side of Chicago, and I had just lost a radio job. You've heard these stories before. <laughs> I've lived uh, them. And you've lived them, yeah. And it was at the point where I, I hadn't done stand-up. I had done a little... I'd done like something where I would like read someone else's jokes on stage and like a, an improv show or a sketch show and... Different things like that. And I'd been around improv for a long time and done it with friends, but I knew it wasn't something where I was on the track where I just want to dedicate myself to just doing that because then you're in the second city system and it's almost like like you're going after a collegiate sport or something <laughs> like that. That just becomes your thing. And I knew I wanted to be able to do a bunch of different things. So I started doing it out of a place called the Ashbury. And I was producing the show and then it became I was hosting the show and then I was booking the show and then I was doing more time on the show and... That show went away a couple years ago, and here I am. I got to choose: do I want to do more stand-up or improv? My improv partner kind of like bails on me. We're not doing shows again. We're friends, and he goes, "Do more stand-up. That's what you're good at right now," and that's what I ended up doing. So for the past few years, it's been pretty good. 2015, I had a TV thing that never made it to TV, um, but made me go. I had like, one of those oh, last year. Well, you had one of those. You have one of those where you did a little bit of a TV thing that didn't make it to TV. <laughs> did a pilot for Carcon Carney. And how, how did you think of the pilot thing? You well, did, you had like one shot at a pilot. Like you just did like one like week of it, or how, we were you? we taped over the course of maybe four or five weeks. Okay, so you taped a significant amount of stuff. Uh huh. Yeah. And how did you feel like about the process of doing that? Compared to radio, where everything is immediate. Yeah, there's so much more. Like the turnover for us is just makes it put it together. We could have it on in like a couple of days. And even the podcast, you could have this on tomorrow if you wanted to. Yeah, I, I could. I used to do it same day. Yeah, but I work like a week ahead now. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Just give yourself more time. You know? But yeah, the, the process of television just takes way oh, longer. Oh yeah. So I did it with JBTV and uh -huh. what was supposed to be three episodes of a stand-up special, where it would just be the idea of uh, LA has a scene and Chicago has a scene of comedic industry, right? Mm -hmm. All the, the that's something comics would say. Well, what are you doing in the industry? You know, are we bringing the industry here? And we have big clubs and stuff like that, but nothing like it was in the '80s or '90s. Agreed. And I'm not a club guy. I'm just, I haven't broken into any clubs, or I because I can't commit to weekends and stuff like that. I can't yeah. commit to one-nighters. So it was. JBTV said, can you put together a pilot that we could maybe shoot? And one pilot turned into three, turned into 11 episodes. And, wow. And we were talking to some people, and it was close, and there was uh, some cable channel that was thinking about it. But then here we are with you know 11 episodes of a show that has only been released in big clip form on YouTube. Oh, wow. So, I, I, I truly had no yeah. idea. And it's called Four Star Stand-Ups, if you want to go and seek that out. None of my footage is on it, but oh, I no. produced it and booked all those people and... Uh, and um, I was happy that it did something for people I know coming up. And some of them now are uh, Tanisha Rice, for example. She's She just had a Comedy Central special. And 
uh, Josh Johnson, who was on it, he was on the Tonight Show recently. So comics who have more time to do comedy, uh, I'm doing comedy and radio. So maybe I need to choose a lover. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that is the, the the question I was going to ask. Yeah, I mean, because you are kind of straddling both worlds. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that are talking about that now too. Like, oh, you you do you think about doing this or going somewhere else? And my thing is like, uh, why do I have to go somewhere else if the thing I always wanted to do as a kid is you know uh, a blue line right away from me you know like, right that's my thing and I, I've always didn't like I've never been to New York or LA which I know is uh, once again like a limiting thing I want to go and I'll go and, and there's periods where I know I'm going to go but with comedy it's just so like um, I like the shows that I'm doing now and I like the balance the balance feels good and, and I know at some point I'm going to have to do the next big thing but I don't feel like that time is like right right now you know now you'll notice I'm trying to pry the skin off my chicken. So you don't have to eat the spiciness? Because uh, the skin, dude, the skin was really... It had a delayed oh, yeah. kick to it. You know what I mean? But like, once it kicked, it just... It, get, it got you. Now I'm going uh-huh. to bite in the spice again and see if it gets me. I wish it was just a little less hot. Yeah, it isn't... It's just... just You could tell it like it was just one notch below. You know? It's too spicy to be enjoyable. Yeah, we didn't ask for like really spicy. It was just regular and spicy, uh-huh. and I said, "Let's go spicy," you know. But no, uh, comedy is like, especially in Chicago, it's two separate worlds. It's like improv, yeah, is its own world, and then there's stand up, and the sketch and the improv people usually run together, and a lot of them tend to do film projects together. But their thing is, well, you're getting up there and everything's prepared. And then the stand-up people are like, you're going to go to a show and it's going to be like 15 people doing 45 minutes and, and there's only going to be like four jokes. And it's just like they're two completely different things. You know what I mean? Like, you know it from music. It's like when people come at you and they're like, how come how come uh, the radio station that you're on doesn't play this obscure heavy metal band that I like that is going to be at a 1,500-seat venue? They're going to sell it out. But it's just like because we have people that want to that like these bands that are playing to like fifteen thousand people, and there's nothing wrong with those two different things. Like mm-hmm. you've been around both, so I don't know. It's doing both. I enjoy what they offer, and I'm. I thought I was, I was able to fail a lot quicker when I started stand up. I was just really, really loud, as if I'm just not loud now. You know. I just dumped some extra napkins on your Thank lap. Thank you. I'm going to need them. I'm uh-huh. need them. But no, I'm. I'm not hilarious in this conversation right now. Is that bad? No. Well, you're not you know? performing. Exactly. I, 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 yeah, there was there was a time where my mom thought, oh, you're just going to, once she started doing the stand-up, because she said I never knew how to turn it off at the dinner <laughs> table. Uh, I'd be, like, doing bad, bad impressions of whatever Phil Hartman did the night before. Because the home is a safe space. You can, uh... But she would always be like, the curtain is down, Kevin. The curtain is down. <laughs> yeah. Which is such a passive-aggressive way to say... Oh, come on. This is my mom. She, <laughs> she knows all of them. You ever this one before? I love this one. I know you. Better than you know yourself. Oh, yuck. That is profoundly creepy. Uh-huh. But also, like, a, that's the game changer. You can only play that card now and then, but when you play it, it's going to hit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so, mm-hmm. did you start as an intern, or a radio intern at Q101? I was an intern there. I never worked there. But, uh, yeah, I was an intern with Q101 in 05, 06. I was with Fook, mm-hmm. and I believe you would... Do mid would you do middays? No, I, With, you would do mil, midday fill-ins, and you were doing some other things. Oh five oh six, I was at the zone until September of oh five. Yeah, and then in January of oh six, I started doing overnights, 
And then not long after oh, that... Oh, it's on Q101? Or you went back to On Q101. Q101. Okay, all right. And then they got rid of Man Cow, and then I... You did, did the transitional show. Right. Oh, yeah, I remember Be- that. Before what was the worst radio show in Chicago history, <laughs> The Morning Fix. Do you think The Morning Fix was the worst thing ever? I think it was. What, why? Is it just because it was such a lofty thing that, like... No, know? I mean, it was... First of all, they were on this clock, this format clock, that just kept repeating. So they'd tell jokes that didn't usually land, and then they'd repeat them 40 minutes later. Oh, okay. So as you're in your car, and guess what? In Chicago traffic, it takes fucking forever to go from one place so to the other. So you would hear the same 15-minute segment like two or three times. Uh-huh. Yeah. The individuals were stronger than the sum. Yeah, I could see that. You know what I mean? Like It's like a wrestling analogy. You know, I'm a big wrestling fan. It's a Royal Rumble. Not everyone's going to stand out in a Royal Rumble. But that doesn't lend itself to like a morning show where you want the tandem. You want like a handful of people. You want it to be a fatal four-way, not a Royal Rumble. There you go. Fatal four-way. One fall to a finish. <laughs> we, you know, how long did... Wait, what's, did the clock run on how long it took me to make a wrestling reference? I'll never forget. Yeah. I took my son to a house show. And a house show is one that's not televised. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a WWE show at the Allstate. And the best is when people bring signs to the house show, the untelevised show. Yeah, right. <laughs> but they still have signs thinking it's televised. That is, that's adorable. Yeah. But I went there with my son, and there was a guy a couple rows in front of us. And he was really loud during the show. And he was commenting on everything. He was... Yelling at the referees like, "Come on, ref! Are you kidding me? He, he clearly was out of bounds, or he just out of bounds." There, I'm trying to remember what what was said, but he was very funny. Yeah. And then I had that moment of realization: wait, that guy my son is laughing at is Kevin Kellum. <laughs> I'm I'm. You are you are I'm I'm into wrestling in a way that like when you see. Like you know, like you heard about the bleacher bums of, <laughs> of like Cubs culture when the Cubs were like in the bottom of the barrel bad, and they would just have like eight thousand people in like yeah, Wrigley yeah. Field or something like that. And the there was that one like the the clip of the the coach going off about these awful people in the crowd yelling at his players. Lee Elia, yeah. I'm that at some wrestling shows, but I don't want that to be my reputation because at some point I'd be like, maybe there's an opportunity for me to like be a goofy dude. Uh, near a wrestling company, not WWE, just anybody or any media company. WWE's a big company. But at the same time, like, when I go, I just want to have fun. And to me, it's just like, that's what you're paying for. You're paying for the ride, to be able to boo and cheer whoever you want. Yes. No, you have a blast, and you're yeah. super fun to watch. I hope I'm not obnoxious, though. No. I, mean, I, I, I borderline on that. Like, I can hear my mother saying, Kevin, you're at the show, but the show is in the ring with the good guys and the bad guys. No, it, you are no. super fun. You're super animated. Yes. You, you play along with everything. I, I also enjoy um, ridiculing children who cheer for the white meat baby face. The, the chosen, I've never heard white meat used. Well, well, well the, the, uh, it was white meat baby face would be like the pretty, the pretty guy baby okay. face. Like whoever the most attractive male guy that the women... And the young guys idealize as like a superhero. So that'd be a, Rome, a Roman Reigns. A Roman Reigns, a John Cena. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Cena, pretty talented. Roman Reigns is very, very talented. But I love to drive those people crazy and like, and like get them going. And then they look at me and see right away that the first beat, they're like, is this guy yelling at me <laughs> about a fictionalized performance in front of me? <laughs> and you don't go to Shakespeare and they're like, no, we're all about the Capulets in here, you know? Yeah. But that's what wrestling is. It's 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 yeah. Shakespeare for the masses. It's um, 
Shakespeare for the masses. It is. It's Shakespeare for the masses. It's the largest form of touring theater in the world. And if you really think I about it. I guess that's true. And you, you have a story and you have an athletic thing to it. So there's that, you know, the delivery system. You know, I was talking to you <laughs> today. I was talking about the delivery system. Uh, but I love it. I absolutely love it. There's nothing like it when it's really, really good. And even when it's not that great, it's still really, really entertaining. And more entertaining to me than, like, most other TV shows. Yeah, you were so into it. I went to um, AAW. Uh, yeah. This independent wrestling company my friend Jim started years ago. God bless him. And great company, too, locally. Just puts on wonderful stuff. It's super fun events. Did some, I did some work for them a couple of years ago. It was great. I go to see uh, an AAW show in Marionette Park, which is run by a puppet government. Thank you. I'm here all night. <laughs> I, I go there. I'm there with my son again. And sure enough, there's Kevin Kellum. <laughs> Yelling up a storm. Yeah. But then at that show, like everybody else at that show is like a smart ass like me. So I just pull back a little bit. At the WWE show, it's easier because you just realize there's fans that are maybe there for the first time. But yeah. I remember the yelling thing. And I was, um, I this kid was like really into booing me and telling me that John Cena was going to beat CM Punk one night, and uh, and and the mom had some other kid and the kid went away. One of the one kid who was going at me earlier in the night where they teased the main event, and the other mom goes, um, "Excuse me, my son is going to come back and he isn't involved in the yelling. Could you also include him in the yelling?" Oh my <laughs> god. Like, she was being playful, and I didn't know if she was being completely serious. That's hilarious. But she brought it up twice. So on the second time, I knew, like, all right, I got to get the other one in in this, you know? That's I, I got to bump and feed for him, you know? So like, <laughs> That's amazing. So, and, I, and it wasn't like I wanted the attention brought upon me, but in an arena, I, I don't mind it. In a show, in an indie show like that, where there's, like, it's more the art form itself and people wrestling for the sake of the art of wrestling and going bell to bell, and it's much more like hard hitting. Uh, uh, that I'll kind of reel back, and I want to chant and clap and cheer, but I'm not going to try and be like a total jackass the whole time. Who's your all time favorite wrestler? That's the hard question. Um, for up until 2007, it was the guy that everyone knew as Chris Benoit who was involved in that awful tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that changed everything for me. I think Chris Jericho is just. A phenomenal entertainer, and, and I, I I preach him just because he's so two or three steps ahead of everything else you think is going to happen, and even he's played every different type of character, uh, he's reinvented himself so many different mm-hmm. times, and just when you think something, some incarnation of his character is just getting a little bit stale, he'll introduce something brand new, and also I just maybe just working in entertainment, I like a guy who can call his shots and like. Go away and do something. Yeah, I'm gonna else. go tour with my band. I'm gonna go tour with my band, and not a not a bad band for a guy who like does two yeah. different versions of something. You know, it's not like like we're going to see uh, who, who, who's an actor that tried to do music that wasn't good. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Thirty odd foot of grunts. What? See, you knew the name of the band. I didn't. Like, I think more people know that Fozzie is Chris Jericho from. Can Dundee I tell you band. my my thirty odd foot of grunt story? <laughs> I worked at your, your one story with my them. one story. I worked at WXRT for close to a year. I was the music director They're there. They're the finest rock. It's yeah. the finest rock. XRT. And Are you in Highland Park? <laughs> yeah, I'll meet you at Ravinia. Which, by the way, the suckiest place to see live music. I don't want to say that, but I totally agree. It's totally... With you. I, I went say once it. and I was like, what? Is that band like performing in like a cavern and we don't get to see it? Right. All? The people on the lawn don't actually see the performance. And the people on the lawn are competitive picnickers. They 
it is a sport. They bring these spreads on these tables with the candles, and they've got charcuterie and nice red wines. Maybe, once again, I'm a simpleton. I'm a layman, all right? But in Beverly, we don't bring a candelabra to the park, all right? We got grilled brats. We got grilled sausages. You want to try veggie? I'll go low. I'll do veggie for you. See, my accent's coming out. But you go up to Highland Park. You take a metro. All of a sudden, everyone's eating fried fish outside and trying to drink wine like we know each other in France. It's the least rock and roll thing. And because it's in that pricey neighborhood, the volume. The, yeah. the actual output of the amplifiers. It's not that high. Exactly. See, it's, it's the most anti-rock place to see live music. And there's sometimes when there was like rock bands there, I was like, why are they playing there? Right. Because you can't rock. No. You can't rock. Anyway, anyway you can't 30 odd foot across. So I was at XRT, uh, which is headquartered in Highland Park. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have a tri- the, the format for XRT is AAA, Adult Album Alternative. And, and what's uh, the difference between that and the alternative? That we would have on 101 WK. Eric, Eric Clapton. Eric Will, Clapton. Yeah. yeah, That's a good example, yeah. yeah. It's Arcade Fire plus Eric Clapton. Mm. Uh, so every year there's a, a AAA convention in Boulder. I don't even know if they still do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but while I was out there, I was invited by the record company, which I believe was Artemis or something, invited to have dinner with a bunch of other radio weasels and Russell Crowe. Okay. Because he was trying to get his 30-odd foot of grunts album off the ground trying to get He's the single play. you to the Boulder Seafood City. Right. To eat, exactly. cow, to eat, to eat some cow brains. So I went with my boss at the time who just spent the dinner kissing Russell Crowe's ass and it was the most embarrassing thing in the world. He actually said, and I'm paraphrasing obviously because this was a while ago. Okay. But he said something along the lines of, Russell, I got to tell you, when I see you on stage, when I listen to that album... It reminds me of Bruce Springsteen, circa 1975, the Born to Run album. You have that audience in the palm of your hands. You understand that crowd and that, that working man ethic really comes through. I just wanted you to... You stopped at the Bruce Springsteen comparison, right? Yeah. Because I... <laughs> I did. I don't like Bruce Springsteen, but I understand he's a legendary rock performer. Yes. And he's legitimate and proven himself. Were your eyes just like spinning in the back of your head? Right oh, away? you could actually hear my eyeballs roll back. <laughs> it was so loud. I just, it was the most vomit-inducing, pandering bullshit I've ever heard in radio, and I've heard a lot. In radio, there's a lot of that, like <laughs> ass kissery, right? Like, I, I don't, I don't know if that's something. Maybe, maybe I'm in a good spot where I've never. Been no in one else, room. no one else in history would accuse Russell Crowe of evoking classic Bruce Springsteen. This reminds me of that scene in Spinal Tap when, when like the record promoter guy comes in and it's like, listen, this is my fault. This is my fault. When Paul Schaefer. Paul Schaefer goes, kick, kick my, my ass. ass. You, uh-huh. kick, you can kick me in the ass. You could, like, is that something this guy would have done? Yeah. If was... no one showed up for the 30-odd the, the the foot of grunt signing or something like that? But they would because it's the dude from Gladiator, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The dude from Gladiator. And he's a great actor. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't deny that guy has talent or something like that. No. But then when you tell me, like, Chris Jericho from WWE is going to have, like, a, a, a hard rock band, I don't know how that's going to work out. But they're okay. They're pretty yeah. good band. And, and to your point, stuff. bringing it back to wrestling, I think Jericho's awesome. I, I think he's one of the best heels I've ever seen. Yeah. And now he's a babyface again. And uh, there's very few guys who can go back and forth from doing mm-hmm. both. And at some point, the thing is, like, when he would dig into being a heel that you want to boo and hate, he could really get you to believe that you wanted to see him get destroyed. He was great. Even and by guys I don't like. I've actually read his books. 
It's great. And, and the thing is, another thing is, this is another thing as a radio person. I appreciate the guy does a very fine podcast. He's not one of those dudes just doing like the, oh, I'm going to do a podcast for six months and then chip out and just play it off my name or something like that. Right. He really delivers a very entertaining show and understands the art of conversation. See, here's the thing. I've never listened to it. Not that I don't want to. No. I don't have an iPhone. Okay. I, I have my Samsung Galaxy S8. Yeah. His podcast is not available on Google Play Music. Oh, okay. So you you have the Google Play. Do you do the Google Play subscription thing? Yeah. I have that. I love it. I do too, but it's not on there. I have a beyond. I have a an RSS feeder website that just gives me. A yeah, I should do that. Yeah. I, I'll show. I'll show. I'll show you. I'll show All right, you'll show. Me. That's an old Kellum phrase. My older my older brother Bobby would say that when he was like a little baby. Learned how to te- do things. He just wanted to boss people around you. I show you. I show you. I show you. Yeah. All right. So you were on 101 WKQX. Yes. Busy week for us this week. Well, yeah. now this won't air. Air. Yeah. This won't be available for download until after Lollapalooza. Okay. So we can only assume you've been busy and did some amazing things. <clears throat> you know the 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 naked tornado that occurred at this year's Lollapalooza, yes. which occurred with uh, over a hundred thousand people just suddenly getting naked at one time, was was shocking. There's you guys a, already know about it now. There's a lot of near nudity that happens at Lollapalooza. Yeah, I'm surprised lots, by that. Lots of lots of cut off shorts with exposed ass cheeks. There are a lot of teenagers who uh, dress in ways they wouldn't in front of their parents. No, no. There, it, 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 it rattles me. And a couple years ago, <laughs> I was like. Ooh, is this where is this the point in my life where I get angry at a generation below me? Have I exactly. done that? <laughs> I was so I've been to Lawless so many times, and that's the one thing I've heard people their major complaint about Lollapalooza is the crowd is so big, and there's so many people that go to it, and it's the first concert they've ever been to. Yeah, oh for sure. And, and it's like the kids have been let loose and stuff like that. But at the same time, there's a really good big rock vibe to this. This is the biggest rock show nearly in the entire world. And it, it it occurs in downtown Chicago, yeah. and the back line of it is the skyline of our city that yeah, you yeah. see every day. And there's something like that. The epic scale of it feels big and special. So I think when you kind of just cut your losses and enjoy that, you love it. You know, yeah. Like there's something I don't love Wrigley Field as a White Sox fan, but I've been to enough <laughs> games to know why it's special. You know, and like going to a game there is a, a unique experience, and that's kind of what I think Lollapalooza is now too. Cool. It's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. If you can only go once, you got to go once. And that's kind of what Lala's becoming is this definitive rock festival thing. And a city that already has, like, three really big ones every year. Absolutely. You know? <clears throat> All right, so you're on... Here we go. <clears throat> you're on 101 WKQX. We can hear you all the time. You're on the socials. Uh, as far as your stand-up goes... Yeah. How do I go see Kevin Kellum on stage? You can follow me on Twitter. I post about all my shows there. I'm at Kev Kellum, K-E-V-K-E-L-L-A-M. I am going to be at the Adobe Gillas uh, comedy show at that the wonderful Mexican place. They have a beautiful performance space in the back on October 6th. Okay. That's far away. I'm going to be performing at a place, you could possibly bleep me for this, the, the most hip comedy room in Chicago, not in a comedy club. And the only way to know about it is to message me for details. I will be performing at the Shithole on August 27th. That's really the name of the place? That is the name of the room. This is like an underground? It's a a super underground venue. The only way to get in is to message someone who's on the show for details. I can't publicly tell you where the show is. If you want to go, you've got to actually pursue the information. I'd like to go to the Shithole. Yeah. 
it's actually a really wonderful venue, and it's all different types of comedy in one show. It's improv, sketch, stand-up. I'm doing that August 27th. And then every Thursday, uh, a group of us run the Ashbury Improv Show, the longest-running suburban improv comedy show at the Ashbury Coffeehouse for free every Thursday. has been since the early 2000s, and that's uh, in LaGrange at 9.30 p.m. every Thursday. How, 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 how. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Kevin, thank you for uh, joining me for the world's spiciest chicken. Absolutely. You got a couple bites in. I finished one piece. I will finish more when I have no, uh, coated no, my mouth with wax. You're going to throw that away, aren't you? No, I'm going to eat you, the whole thing. You can throw it away. I'm going to do it. I, 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 my I feelings will finish, won't be I won't hurt if you throw it in one sitting, but it's something where I'll have to like, space it out. Yeah, I'll do I, that I, thing that like Homer Simpson did, another Simpsons reference, where he like fills his mouth with wax just to <laughs> eat the hot pepper. I will say one final note on Jollibee. If... Little spice goes a long way with you. Do not do the spicy chicken. Did it get you? Are you sensitive to the spice? No, I like I like heat, but it, it really kind of became heat instead of flavor for okay, me. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. I made the wrong decision. See, this is where I feel I struck out. No, no. It, you know, now I feel like that record promoter trying to kiss Go me ahead. Kick my ass. <laughs> kick my ass. All right. Listen, when I see you on stage, James, I see Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> God. All right, Kevin. I can't believe someone said that. Ugh. That guy. Oh, shut uh, up. Kevin, thank you for doing this. Thank you, Boost Mobile, for sponsoring this fine show. Uh, and if you like this show, please, by all means, tell a friend, carconcarne.com.